everyone, welcome to another episode of The Stone Genius. My name is Ro, I'm The Stone Genius, and I'm often stoned, always a genius. Uh, I'm on the way to getting stoned right now, and here with me in studio, i.e. my living room, we have Daniel Shafton. Hello, Daniel. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me again. I know. I'm so glad. You have been busy. We have been trying to get together for weeks now. And you baited me. I know. I did. <laughs> you got so, me, though. I, I did get you. So sometimes I'm a masturbator is what they say. <laughs> hey Okay. So uh off to hot start. Let, let's let's talk about uh drugs first. One of I'm my good at that. One of my favorite topics. So what's going on with Missouri and its recreational pop? Is it is is it what you expected? Is it more than you expected? What's going on over there? Um I would say it's a, it, it is a little more than I expected. I I nobody knew, nobody knows, you know, but I thought that the people that didn't expect you know, a pretty healthy, crazy start were, right. were insane, especially for the Kansas City market, right? You've got, it's, it's super unique to have two states where their largest or some of their largest cities and population centers are on opposite sides. So for right. Kansas, it's on the eastern border, for Missouri, on the western border. So the first day of rec... Probably shouldn't say who, but there's a store very close to state line. And that first day, there was five out of every six transactions, first day of adult use, were Kansas driver's license. 82%. I believe that the average across the state is still 40%. Like, it is insane. And, and as I was saying before we started the show, Missouri's got eight states touching its border and only one has rec adult use cannabis. So <clears throat> Missouri's had uh, medical for how long now? Two years? Yeah. Two years. So they say that this is one, for rec in Missouri, this is one of the biggest openings, inaugural, the, yeah. the, the beginning. How was it, how did that compare? Did, I mean, was was it the same size on, on the medical side in Missouri, or was it? Can you not really compare those two? Uh, they have, so there was a hundred million total, seventy million in rec, thirty million in medical. Okay, and so there well, are reasons that somebody would choose. So let's say somebody had a med card. There were two hundred twenty thousand med cards before rec started. I don't know what it is now. Um, at least one more because I got mine. Woohoo! Congratulations. I know. Um, good for three years now. Everybody should get one. Um, so, for instance, on medical, a patient is allowed to carry more total weight with them. Um, it's a lower tax rate. Some stores let you skip the line or have special days and prices and deals. Right. However, a med patient might choose to purchase under adult use or rec because they've hit their monthly allotment on medical, whereas under rec, um, it is uh, a new, your limit starts over every time you walk back in the store. Really? Yeah. So you're only allowed to purchase an ounce, but then you just come back. So on medical, they track it. On rec, they don't. They do. Well, I mean, 
your your allotment. Right, your I'm allotment's talking. good for a month, whereas on rec, it's per visit. I mean, because I've been doing it under medical, and I, I noticed that on my receipt, it tells me what what my current purchase was and what my balance is. I'm assuming that's for 30 days, probably. Right. Okay, so I, I have noticed that, which is kind of cool. And it's I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I'm doing drugs right because the amount that I could have seems like I would only be doing drugs and nothing else. Well, so here's the thing. You're a flower guy. Yes, I am. So one reason that I'm very excited. Hold for- on. I have something for that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> one reason I'm very excited about Missouri's adult use market for myself is in medical, one of the problems as an edible company that we faced was the conversion. So Missouri created MMEs, which are medical marijuana equivalents. Right. There's You get 32 if you have your standard um, allotment uh, for medical. Under medical, you can get a higher amount with two physicians. But if you have a standard amount, it's 32. Um, and that is either an eighth of flour for one point a gram of concentrate, or 100 milligrams of edibles. So edibles would get, you know, especially for somebody like you, where, like, you need, you know, one, two, three hundred milligrams to, like, feel much. Like, you're going to run out real quick. Or, you know, so, so so people were coming to the store and they would want edibles and not, want to get it because they don't have much of their allotment left and it might reset. The other thing is technically they shouldn't have been doing this, but <laughs> I have to imagine that some of the people who were buying med card, you know, their friends didn't have med cards and right. You know, so. right. Um, so on the allotments when they do, so you're saying that it takes more points for edibles than it does for flour. Three and a half grams of flour I think would last most people longer than a hundred milligrams of edibles. Okay. Yeah. So I feel bad. So I bought a, uh, bag of fireball gummies. Bobby loves fireball. I, I've had these fireball gummies before. They're very tasty. Problem is they don't really, I, so these are like 8.8 milligrams. So the, the bag is uh, about a hundred, about a hundred. Um, but I think they actually list on. I think it showed online that it was a hundred, but when I picked it up, it says eighty eight point eight, which is which is fine. I mean, Bobby does. I mean, right in between ten and twenty <clears throat> is perfect for her, a landing spot for her. But she hasn't done them yet, and I think I would have to eat the whole bag, which I'm not opposed to. But then I've totally screwed her. It's like, here, here's the gift, and I just ate your gift. Uh, right, and so, it's probably fairly expensive. Funny, quick little bit on yes. on uh, those fireball gummies. Yes, uh, I was doing a pop up for Crane Organics at a dispensary, and I always try to help the bud tenders while I'm there. Right, uh, whatever that means. And so I asked if what if, does that mean sometimes? Right. So in this case, I wanted to know what are they having trouble selling? What's on promo? What do you need me to push? Right. Um, and they said that they just could not get anyone to buy the fireball gummies. They, they've really? been sitting there for months and people just like, they were, you know, terrible, disgusting, and nobody wanted them. Uh, and I took it on as a challenge and I sold to one person. <laughs> there you go. You know, I see now I really want to try them again because I, I had this feeling that they were tasty enough that I would have just eaten them as candy. 
Uh, much like much like your much like your edibles Thanks. is that the, the texture and everything they're not they're not gummy they don't stick to your teeth you know sometimes well, now I, I want to try one sometimes I eat um yeah uh, uh, hot tamales oh, and, you know then you get them stuck and all that's true. And that's in in some gummies I've had. While they may not be like that, they're still very sticky or whatever. And, and yours have always been amazing. So how's that going right now? So where where where's Gummy Land for you right now? Gummy Land, uh, it is it is very exciting. Um, we are officially allowed to announce uh, we have partnered up with a new group. So obviously we are we're, we're a brand, right? We're, right. We're we. Pro- we have recipes and produce edibles, but we don't carry license. Um, so um, our last partners uh, sold out um, to the Walmart of weed. Boo. <laughs> um, however, it created a really amazing opportunity for us with a new group. Um, Shangri-La is the name of their dispensaries. Um, 1913 is the name of their uh, cultivation, or at least one of them. Um, and then Delphi is the name of the lab. Um, and we just signed a contract with them and, um, we are going to be ready in time for 420 at Smoky River. There you go. That's awesome to hear. Cause I know that you guys have been wanting to do that for a long time. And then, so I, I've kind of been privy to some information that, that, uh, so I, I am so happy for you all. So Thank that you. that We're is super awesome. Excited. I hope to see a lot of a, a lot of people out at Smoky River on 420. Wiz Khalifa is going to be there. Burner. Now where is Smoky River? So Smoky River is, oh, it's so cool. Okay, so it's right off the smoke. It's right. It's right off the Missouri River uh, near one of the Bessemer dispensaries. It is the first and only venue in the entire United States where it's legal to purchase and consume alcohol and cannabis in the same venue. 14,000 seat amphitheater, bars, restaurants, like river walks. It's going to be cool. That'll be cool. I, it's funny every year, or at least the past few years, people are like, Oh, Hey, what are you going to do for 420? And I'm like, it's just a date. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, I, I think it's those, maybe the parents that, you know, smoke weed once a month or, one, you know, it's Christmas break and spring break or something stupid like that. That they, I just don't get excited about 420. So what I need to get ex- discounts and sales. Well, yeah. So I just, well, discounts and sales have not been part of my buying habits until now. You're so not n- Jewish. <laughs> well, we didn't also didn't live uh, with a legal state, so that that was part of my issue. That I was like, I, I never needed. I, well, I to think look you at nailed that. it on the head. I think that four twenty is really nothing special unless you're either a in high school or b in a legal state where there's you know concerts. Right. There's like there's a it's a lot of it's like one of the few culture days that we really have in this state. One thing, look, there's a lot of amazing things about Missouri's cannabis industry and market. Honestly, I I think they've got some of the most progressive laws and rules and, and, and amazing people. There's not much culture, man. And the cultures that there sucks. And so it's like, there's, there's not many days left where, where that's the focus. Um, and so I'll I'll really enjoy seeing some of these business suit guys let loose a little bit. I think that, and I didn't think about that either. You know, so that will be cool because 
one of the things that I've wanted to do is I would love to have like a cannabis club. But what I'd want to do is buy out one of these old, um, like the beach volleyball places. It's oh, a yeah. bar and a beach volleyball. And then you dome the beach part of it so that you could have reggae bands there and stuff and have it like a beach party, have reggae music playing there, but then have a, a cannabis club as well. That's well, In Missouri, two ways that you really easily could do that. One, you can do cannabis lounges and those are not really like you don't have to spend millions of dollars they're not like limited like you just apply okay now i'm sure it's expensive still right um the other option is now that it's adult use you can gift cannabis at this venue and charge for entry something very exciting um johnny joe's pizza in Westport, and they also have a location in... Um, now, hold on. The way that you're saying that... Johnny Joe's Pizza. It sounds like it's made up. It sounds like it's something that Mario would be driving his cart around. He would be sick of bananas and be like, I'm going to go get me some pizza. Well, here's the funny thing. So, so is this a real pizza place? It's a real pizza place. Okay. And the recipe... Check this out. So I was in... Um, uh, it's the food hall in Kansas City. Um in the crossroads. Mm, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Okay. Um, and there was a new pizza place inside there. And I was ordering on the touchscreen. And I'm like, how do you customize this? And some guy sitting at a table, you know, close by was like, ah, it's, it should be on the screen. I'm like, eh, it's not. And he walks over and he's like, sorry, it's, it's our first day. And I look up just that dude that looks so Italian. I'm like, are you Johnny? And lo and behold, it was Johnny, and his pizza recipe is his uh, grandmother's from Sicily, from like 80 years. And it was damn good pizza. We get to schmooze and get to talking, and I pitch him the concept of doing a infused pizza night, because you can legally do that, so long as you do it carefully and correctly. Um, there's no licenses needed. There's no anything. So the Sunday before 420... We are going to have an infused pizza night. And what we're going to do before is put out, basically, you have to reserve ahead of time. You can either reserve a frozen one and save it for 420, mm-hmm. um, or you can schedule a time and pick it up hot and ready on Sunday before 420. And we're going to do whole 100 milligram pizza pies. And um, it, it, it's it's going to be, you know, infused like evenly throughout in the in the sauce, so you shouldn't have one slice that's more than the other. It's it's pretty fun. <laughs> I ate three quarters of the pizza. I'm not feeling anything. I just had one piece. <laughs> that's you and your wife. I know. So, speaking of which, how that can happen, we went to Denver. I don't know, 2018, 19, sometime in the summertime. And there, even though it's in the 90s, it doesn't feel that hot because the humidity is like next sure. to nothing. And so we weren't really that warm. I'm not thinking of the heat. We we had done some shopping. We had gone to a dispensary. We bought a box of gummies, and it was like 100 milligrams. And they all melted into one. They all melted into one. So I was like, I'm just going to cut this up. Like, it was supposed to be 10 pieces. And I would, like, eat a piece and nothing, eat a piece. And I, I and then a couple of days later, I ate one piece. And I was just and like, yeah. Went. I was like, okay, I found out where that went. But it was, it, I was so sad. But be- that experience... I think most people can like 
uh, empathize with. Yeah. And so when we were formulating our gummy, that was something that was really important to us. <laughs> we literally formulated that way. And to make sure <laughs> when Alex drove to uh, or flew to Florida he, or no, he drove to Florida in the summer, we had him put a bag of the gummies on the wind, like under the windshield, like on the dash at the beach all day and come back and did not melt because ours doesn't um a lot if you use gelatin it's it's heat right that uh heat and cold that sets like jello yeah um ours is a chemical reaction right so when you mix two ingredients it sets right so it has nothing to do with temperature but i still wanted to make sure because that sucks oh yeah it did i mean yeah it did and it was our fault and i don't think it was in the sun just the heat did it but got back and i went I think I went to open it. I went to shake it. I'm like, that's not good. And Bobby's like, what? And I, I like, and it just thud yep. out on the, but it is what it is. Shall we talk about Kansas? Yes. Let's do, hold on. I want to ask uh, two more questions. I'm going to d- try to tie it into one on the Missouri side. Do it. Uh, so you said when we were talking before we hit record that there's a lot of turnover happening in, in the industry. So I just wanted to see kind of your take on air about that. And then also what I've noticed is like the average age is like 21 and like two months old. I mean, I have a bud tender. Yes. And in, yes. So I, I have not seen anyone with any gray in their beard, let's say, or gray in their hair. Have you ever been to a Kansas city cannabis dispensary? I have not. Is it, is it, and and that's what I want to know because I haven't, I have frequented one dispensary and generally it's through the drive-through. So I have not had that much experience. So that's why I did want to ask the question because everything I've seen there and when you go online and you know, which one I'm talking about, everyone's young, every single person in that picture could be my child. Right. And maybe my child. I don't know. That's why I don't do 23 and me. Oh, that was good. So, do what I can. Sure. Um, a couple things that lead to that, but there's one primary reason. Is that the age or the turnover? Age. Okay. Start there. And those are definitely correlated. Okay. Um, what they pay. And people who are not 21 can't afford to get paid nothing. Right. Right. So it's who you would normally see at a fast food chain or whatever, you know, minimum wage job. Now, so most dispensaries pay bud tenders 14, 15 an hour. And and here's something that a lot of people probably don't assume. That tipping culture in cannabis is terrible. You would think like stoners, like loving community. um, But because we're used to drug dealers and you don't tip your drug dealer. Um, at least I don't. Right. Um, and, and my girlfriend works at local cannabis, uh, dispensary in the plaza. And, you know, I've been in a lot and talked to owners. So the tipping culture is as follows. Your, your like main customers who are always there and know your name come multiple times a week, they tip 20, $30, right. no problem. And then maybe 10, 20% of the remaining will tip a dollar or two and then everybody else tips nothing. So if you have a store that has crazy high volume and turnover, even with the bad tipping culture, you can make some decent money, but that only was the case since rec. 
So with the people that are working there, so the stores, are they making, because I don't know what a call, I, I don't, from from seed to shelf, I don't know everything that's involved. You have so much overhead I can't even think of right now. And you can't are, write it off. Are they making a lot of, uh, are owners making a lot, could they pay more? That's what, I guess that's what I'm at. Could they pay more to have someone that's going to stick around and stay and be like, oh, this is a tough job. There are going to be times when we're really busy and there are going to be time, which is going to be most of the time. And there are going to be times, you know, I just. Great question. Okay. Remember Kansas City Cannabis? Yes. So when they were staffing up to get ready for adult use, they were offering seventeen twenty-five an hour to work three 12-hour shifts. So you're not even working, you 40, know, 40. right. Full benefits, health care, 401k, and, you know, f- tips, all their tips. Well, they have older bud tenders. Right. They have less turnover. And uh, I, so Dan Nelson is one of the owners. He's one of my absolute favorite people in the industry. Really, actually a good person. And I asked him, I said, are you doing this to get ahead of everybody else trying to staff up. Is that why you're paying so much? Try and stick out, get some, you know, people that won't be leaving so frequently. So, you know, that's part of it, but mainly it's just, that's the best investment you can make. Those are the most valuable people. Those are who sell your products. Right. So when, you know, I've traveled the state doing pop-ups where I spend hours in a store and I, that was my philosophy, you know, thinking about what I would do with my license. But after watching, I mean, the difference on what an amazing bud tender can generate in revenue versus a shitty bud tender, that, you know, extra three, maybe five, six dollars an hour once you factor in benefits, pay all you have to do is do one up sale an hour. You know, you know how easy it is for somebody to come in the store planning to only get one cart and get also a bag of edibles or pre like it's right. real easy to go from twenty thirty dollars to a hundred dollars right and and so let me answer your other questions how many or what percent of these dispensaries are making money prior to going to adult use i would estimate that between 10 and 15 percent of licenses had made money really yes you only have 200,000 total p- patients in the entire state, people that you could possibly purchase from. That's divided over 200 dispensaries, roughly. So that's about, um, what, 100 patients? Pe- or 1,000 patients. Whatever the math is, I've it, been spoken. It's, it's, it's not math. a lot, and, and the costs are so high. In the, now, having said that, especially now that we are in adult use, I and Smart people like Dan Nelson would say that it absolutely is possible, but it's going to take effort, right? You can't just pay people more. He also has, one, a pharmacist, Cody Freeze, who I want to get on your show, I've talked about before, do all the training for this or do a ton of training with the bud tenders, uh, teaches a whole course. He himself, the owner, spends multiple days training them as well. So, you know, you've got it. You've got to train them. You've, you've got to have the culture. You've got to, like, you can't just pay them more. Now, to round all that out, 
I think, one, the young age is part of what it has to do with turnover. Two, the low pay has a lot to do with turnover. Right. And three, I'm going to say it, the culture of Missouri cannabis businesses is toxic and disgusting. 80-90% of these licenses, especially now that Good Day Farms, who is backed by Walmart money, has bought a ton of them. Although the employees actually kind of like working at that store, which is weird. Um, but for the most part, I right. mean, it, it, it's just, I mean, there's there's shitty people doing shitty things. So I, I wrote Oops. down training because you had <laughs> mentioned that. So how do, are people, because there's so many different strains, mm-hmm. there's... Um, you know, different effects. I a lot will go to Leafly just to see what, like, what, re, um, what positive, negative effects it may have. Don't and you so, love how they all get say dry mouth and yeah, <laughs> like right. Like. And, and the funny thing is, the last time I read that, I was like, man, and I literally said it's dry mouth was like number one. I'm like, I haven't had dry mouth, and I got that oh, strain, so and I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to drink everything. <laughs> um, but on training, is that a uh, how is is that in the industry, or is it? I mean, do you see good and bad, or is because of the turnover? I wonder if because sometimes that comes into play where you see high turnover, so they don't want to invest time in in training someone because they think they're going to leave anyway, and then that person will leave because they haven't been trained and they're not qualified to effectively do or efficiently do their job in a way that, that gives them some, some sort of satisfaction. Is there much training that goes on in the industry? Um, in Missouri, I would say that maybe 20, 25% do what I would consider adequate training. Um, and you know, you can look at one of the most profitable, large companies, in McDonald's and their research and they publicize this and you will notice by what they offer people they went from maybe offering 10 11 dollars an hour in some mark they they essentially raised their hourly wage a couple years back 2 or 3 dollars and were 1 or 2 dollars above their competitors right. because of how much it saved them on the costs associated with high turnover retraining right. you know getting all the whatever right for. um so i i think that it's almost this self-fulfilling prophecy and like deadly endless cycle where the even the individuals in the positions and levels that would be like making sure they're getting trained and developing the curriculum there's so much turnover that you know that is part of the reason why it's not happening. Um, and and now a part of the reason is they're so busy that, yeah. like, you know, when are they going to... Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing. I used to be a trainer, and I would see that a lot. I was a trainer with Sprint, and so I would train the retail stores. And a lot of times you would get managers that wouldn't want their employee. We're so busy, I can't afford for them to go to training. And it's like, but because they were saying, you know, and they sometimes they'd be like, 
if there was high turnover in a store, they'd be like, well, I don't want to send someone to training because they're probably going to leave. I go, but how about if you don't send them to training and they stay, right. then they're going to be a wreck right. for you. So sometimes, and, it, and it's hard to do that. Oh, I got to just bite the bullet. But uh, I did it's some- It's tough for us. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I did some freelance stuff with American Express. And I would go into people that carried their branded cars like Lowe's and things uh, of that nature. And, and so I'd go in in the morning, talk to half their employees. And then like at lunch, I would talk to the other half. So you- and, because, but the, they also knew how important, because what we're telling is the benefits of having the Lowe's American Express card was at that time. I bet it was just wonderful and full. Well, I mean, there, <laughs> there, are, there are some benefits that can be had on the business side. And so people just wouldn't know that. And, you know, oh, do you, and so they're, they're, their demonstration or their their example to a customer just be like, hey, are you interested in this uh, credit card? No, thanks. And they would just go on. And right. there, there could so. be benefit. And that can be a little different than making the benefit or the recommendations um, for a certain strain or something like that. Because did you push credit cards at Best Buy? Uh, I did not. Oh, because weren't you? No, you were employed by Best Buy. Though, I was. Right? But I did. Well, yeah. Nikon so my So my position was called uh, a VPL, Vendor Provided Labor. So I was a Best Buy employee, but I was paid for by Nikon. So mm -hmm. Nikon really controlled my reins. So I just really, I didn't have to worry about you anything. You push but, plastic. Yeah, I didn't do anything. They, they would come over and be like, hey, can you help? I'd be like, no, I'm yeah, good. I no, can't. I'm, is it a camera question? Yeesh, I'm good. Oh, it is a camera <laughs> question. I'm sorry, is it a Nikon? No, oh, Canon. Oh, that guy's not here today. So mm, sorry. Awkward. Hold on, I got a sound for that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so I did wonder about the, the training on that side. Yeah, and to that point, so not even just from that perspective, it is now infinitely harder from i think where you were going earlier which is there's so many strains right yes. there's so many new products especially now that people are seeing the numbers in this market um from my perspective as a brand because how busy the stores are now it's even harder it was already hard now it's even harder to get time to teach their employees about right. the product and so one Missouri is going through a shortage right now, um, not because there aren't enough licenses to produce way more than what the demand, even this robust demand is, but because there, those licenses were at you know 50% or less on average capacity, both cultivation and extraction, um, and it, because that was more than enough in medical. Right. So- you got to think about it. If a grow was a hundred percent ready to expand, and they went next day from fifty percent and tried to double capacity, right? Well, you got three months of harvest, and then you got drying, and then you got curing, and then you got testing, and then it's so. I mean, that's four or five months, and and they're not going to be ready the next day. Right? They're going to have to maybe get approved on their application because they only they phased it out or you know whatever. And so um, you, you went from an oversupply to a massive undersupply. And so I would say we've already seen prices go up a little, mm -hmm. um, and which is, you know, not typical in the cannabis industry right now. Um, and you're going to see it not in just flour because 
you need flour to extract. Right. Um, so there's a distillate shortage too. Distillates, what's in most edibles, most carts, etc. Um, and so one, they're sending less or no samples because they don't even have enough product. Two, they're too busy to send samples or go down and teach people. Or three, the store is too busy that they can't even have one or two people go on break, right? right? Before it used to be the store would pay their employees for an hour of work to come in an hour early and we'd spend a bunch of time with them and it was amazing. Now, you know, they'll we got to spend a whole day there and they got to come in shifts. And if it's too crazy, we'll have to just come back another time. Yeah. And so it's tough. Now, good owners will always find time. They'll just staff up more so that, that they don't need to be running a hundred percent of their employees so they can take a second and do that. Right. It, they'll purchase from the brands out of their own pocket samples, open up a damn bag and smoke it. Right. right. Because, if you ask a bud tender, what do you think about this strain? And they go, I don't know, haven't tried it. Or, I don't know, I haven't tried it, but looks good. Like, right. that's not going to give you the confidence to purchase. No. And that's one thing about almost, well, at least for me. Oh, I'm going to smoke. Yeah, well, you smoke. Bud tenders are so underappreciated and so undervalued in this business one thing that we knew was we needed them on our side. And so we created an incentive program where we reward them for selling, for learning, for sharing, etc. And what shocked us was some managers and some owners, when we first started, we didn't think to like ask if it was okay to pay your employees out of our pocket. Because right. one of the things too was we would give them like 150 percent towards that store's gift card versus like a Visa gift card uh, to reward them and have right. them try more products. Well, we think we're paying for your bud tenders to buy products from your stores. Going to be no problem. A lot of stores won't allow it. So not only are they not willing to compensate mm. their bud tenders, but they don't want us to compensate their bud tenders, and they're claiming half the time that you know they want them to you know, be honest and not, you know, pushing a product cause they get paid for it. And it's like, you know, you can't have it both ways, dude. So right. I, yeah. I, that, that just goes back to, you know, I, as a business person in this industry who has looked at very seriously and have to kind of be careful with my, you know, activist images and, and myself have frustrations with that movement. I'm saying, that businesses can do better, owners can do better, and we can treat the people in this industry better. Hold on. I got something for that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and, you know, and with the bud tenders, the, I remember the only bud tender I remember is the very first bud tender I had. I remember is at the Bud Depot, Lions, Colorado, and it was because—I don't remember his name. But I distinctly remember going in and I told him this was 2014. And I said, uh, you know, I, I'm looking for something. I have arthritis. And he was like, dude, 
it's illegal. You don't have to have arthritis. And I was like, I was like, no, I actually do. And he helped me because that's what an hour after he, I think it was Chiba Chews is what he had suggested for Great me. company. And so I took one and an hour later, Bobby asked how I felt. And I remember putting my hands up and I go, well, I don't feel anything because I literally thought because of the way that I was raised and the era that I was raised, if you smoke dope, you would turn into Cheech and Chong. Right. I mean, that's just I that's what I was expecting. And and that wasn't how it was. I was like, oh, my God, I don't have any. And Bobby, who is still she's not anti-marijuana. She doesn't like the the unknowing. She likes she doesn't like control. to smoke. She yeah, she doesn't like to smoke. She likes the edibles and the edibles because they don't always Sometimes they take longer to kick in. Sometimes they last longer. They don't. Wait, she likes that for that reason? She, uh, that scares her. So she's not as on board. I mean, she will do Wait, it. she but, prefers edibles. Yes. But she doesn't like that they, I'm confused. Yeah. So like I told her, I go, if you smoke, you're going to feel it nearly immediately. And then you'll find out, like, I know each strain. It lasts for an hour. It lasts for three hours. I will know how it affects me and when I'm affected. Um, and so I and I told her that. But she doesn't like the feel of And I understand that. The and I'm smoking. Right. Yeah, and I don't like... I get that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't like drinking because I don't like... I don't like the taste the of most. Yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, so I can get that. And I totally, and, and there are some edibles. She loves your edibles. Your, um, uh, yes, oh, your chill so cake. Absolutely love the peanut butter and jelly one. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's not like she's and against it. We're coming it. back with those, but in bite form. So you can just pop them more easily. <laughs> Dangerous. So yeah, I'm not I'm not much of a sweets person, but there are some things. Well, there are some strains that will give me a a definite sweet Munchies. tooth. Yeah. Well, if you don't like sweets, but and you need a lot of milligrams, you should come and buy a hundred milligram pizza pie from Johnny Joe's Pizza. There we go. <laughs> so uh, let me jump back to that. So was did had he ever even thought heard about that before? No, and I don't think that all anybody outside the cannabis industry almost in Missouri has any idea that they can legally without license, without reporting, without anything do this now. Right. Just got to be careful and smart. Right. So, I mean, that is a great, so we go to, uh, and I'll, I love their pizza. And the, so here's the thing. We got our first sponsor of the show. No way. Are they buying cameras? Uh, no, uh, it's a shoe company, so we'll announce them officially, but they've been sending me my shoes and stuff. But that's one thing that I was wondering, you're talking about the bud tenders, mm-hmm. is I was wondering, how is that going to affect, am I still going to be able to be, I love every shoe that they've, I, I've bought from them and that they've given me. However, if I get a shit shoe, I want to be able to say that, but I will, and I won't just say it's a shit shoe and move on, I will give definite re- this is why, and I'm telling you because my foot or this, that, or the other. So I, I, I've always wondered, but yeah, we we have a sponsor, and maybe Wait, we'll get question? a pizza. So, well, I was going to say, I'll mention Leo's Pizza, because we go up north, and we'll buy their, I've like, half-baked. Uh, they're off, I don't even know, North Inglewood Road. It's it's north. It's okay. forty. It's a good 40-minute drive one way, but from where we are. Um but like Leo's does those half bake and they are so good What's and so half bake. So you buy it and then it's basically it's you put half it in the cooked? basically, I it's guess. It's not like Papa Murphy's where it's raw. 
I don't think so. Huh. Whereas I will tell you, I haven't really looked at it. They call it a half-baked. Okay. So maybe that means they do their half, which is make it, and we do our half, ah, which is baked. I don't know. So I just came up with that on the spot. If that's not what they were thinking, they should do that. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, yes. Okay, we can get out of Missouri. We're going to go to Kansas quickly because I, I, did, I did get you. <laughs> I, I did reel you in for tonight for a certain topic. That's and true. We haven't t- touched on that topic. So what's going on in Kansas right now? So I've got some bad news. Hold on. Go ahead and do that in advance. And I feel like I'm going insane because I'm watching the same thing happen year after year after year after year with every year people thinking it's going to be different, including myself. Um, So, you know, we had that interim session that was amazing with with Chairman Olson um, and then uh, beginning a session started and, and he got put on um, utilities committee, which actually really interesting for another day, Evergy and the Koch brothers and a third company, which is the largest power provider in the world are all kind of juxtaposed. Like Koch brothers are trying to push out Evergy as the power play and, and are doing so by exposing how they are secretly overcharging us for utilities. No. Oh, this is a crazy... I can't say anything more than that right now, but I had an amazing conversation with my good But my good soon friend. you'll be able to. Soon it'll come out in, in committee, so okay. watch out for that. Uh, but anyway, so we got um, Thompson, and and, and um, he's very anti-cannabis. Two Why? Week- Why is... How old is this person? What do you think? Fuck, I'm going to say like 70-something, but it's probably some fucker no, you're who's... Right. Okay. And uh, fuck, God damn. Anyone that says it's the greatest generation, bullshit. Bullshit. Yes. It's just because they actually weren't weenies, okay? That doesn't make them the greatest generation. We're just comparing them to what we have now, okay? And we got a lot of weenies running around. So I... Uh, that f- and, and I will say this, I was... Always anti-cannabis, but I am. I also wasn't going to stop someone else, and I wasn't going to give my opinion. My opinion would have been, well, this is what I heard, and they'd be like, who did you hear that from? I go, well, my dad, he's a pharmacist. They'd be like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And then once I, I started smoking cannabis and started getting into it, I found out my dad didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> and so I, I try not to judge or hold anyone else. So I just don't understand why it's some— kind of like how people are like, well— you know, my religion says you can't get an abortion, so we're going to outlaw abortions. I'm like, why don't you just not get one? Yes, that that seems like the le- logical thing to and, do. And, and, and the party of limited government has become the party of government telling us what we can and can't smoke, eat, uh, what bathrooms people go in, what what sports teams they can... Like, get the fuck out of my life. I know. I do think that's funny that everyone that's so against everything, that's exactly the era that they're ushering in. I know. I don't so want, anyways. I, yeah. Um, okay, Kansas. So, so uh, like, three weeks ago... This old fucker. This old fucker, Thompson, who's... Well, anyways, we'll get there. Uh, hosted a um, hearing... Not on SB 135, which is the bill that came out of that special session that we've been working on, but the topic of, which could have been cool, a multi-state data impact report on medical marijuana. So data, 
on the impact of medical marijuana on multiple states. Great, right? Yes. Well, it wasn't that. It was two days of law enforcement and, you know, opiate doctors and ridiculous lying people um, just spewing propaganda. Right. Well, two weeks ago, in response to that, well, not only, let's let's dive into that a little more. Not only was it not a multi-state data impact report, not only was it propaganda, but the chairman and his office would not even tell committee members who was speaking or what they'd be speaking on and refused to talk about it. It was not open to um, anybody to be able to speak or know who was speaking. The whole process was closed off. I mean, we're talking 31-year veteran lobbyist saying they've never seen anything like it. Well, in response to that, and we had you know senators ask those questions and bring it to light, we got a hearing on SB 135. On Wednesdays, the proponents went. On Thursdays, the opponents went. I went Wednesday, gave my testimony. Everything was normal and dandy. On Thursday morning, 6 a.m., it's thunderstorming, first day of March Madness. I text the lobby firm that I lobby with, that we're working with, uh, Federico Durst. They're actually the ones that got sports gambling legalized, same committee. Uh Um, I said, I'm planning on coming up, but do we have any, you know, meetings set up, any lunches? Is there any possible possibility of action, any, anything? Uh, and they were like, absolutely not. It's the same people saying the same things as three weeks ago. Well, so, you know, two weeks back, opponents get two full days of, of hearings. Right. Now we find uh, like the schedule comes out for our hearings and we see that the proponents are on the first day with the neutrals and the uh, reviser summary of the bill. So we're getting a third of a day, and and then the uh, opponents are going to get another full day on Thursday. So they get three days to our one-third of a day. Right. So the Tuesday before the hearing starts on Wednesday, we have Senator Holscher ask the chairman, you know, can we, why is this the case? And can we move this around? And he's like, well, two weeks ago was, wasn't on the bill. That was on a topic. So it's different. And I promise opponents and proponents will get the same amount of time. Sure. And we're thinking to ourselves, how the fuck is that possible? If it's going to be 20 minutes of review, 20 minutes of neutral, and then the committee's an hour the opponents the next day. Have you not seen Dr. Strange? I think he can like (laughs) manipulate time. So maybe he has something like that going on. That would be cool. Um, Not, not exactly. Uh, So we gavel in on Wednesday and he explains how it's going to work on, on Wednesday. He says the reviser is going to do a very, very fast summary. Then the uh, proponents will have 40 minutes all of the neutrals combined will have 10. And and just to clarify for people who don't understand, like, who the fuck is neutral on this? Right. It would be like uh, ABC, Alcohol Beverage Control, who's tasked with running this, right? So they're not going to be for or against their state agency. Right. It's their job to carry it out. But they might have things that they need that aren't in the bill yet or something like that. So you'd think it, the committee would be interested in hearing from the director of the department that would run the program. Right. But 
she got well not if you're not expecting a program to ever be in <laughs> place shows, yes shows. so um so so we okay so i'm like all right i get how we're gonna have 40 minutes but why is the chairman who just hosted two days of propaganda artificially limiting the opponent's time to 40 minutes when they could have an hour Right. And so I asked the firm this and I, I speculate. I said, I think it's one of two things. One, they are concerned about ethics violations from last time and or are fed up with the media hounding them for the just ridiculousness that it was. And they, you know, he got kind of slap smacked down. But I said, doesn't sound like the party that I know. Right. Or two, he's going to try and use that 20 minutes to fuck us somehow. Uh, didn't know how. Well, anyways, back to Thursday morning. The firm's like, we have absolutely nothing. It's the same people. Stay at home. Be safe. Enjoy March Madness. Right. Well, the committee, uh, it's like, you know, 45 minutes into it, I get a text from one of the staffers at the firm says, are you watching? I was like, I'm not fucking watching. He told me uh, nothing was happening. He's like, you should probably turn this on. Oh. So Has that ever happened before? What? Them calling you when you're not watching or listening to something and then being... Because no, I'm thinking I'm of TV there. shows right now where they're like, turn the TV on now, change the channel. N- no, because I'm the person who... So like last year we had a real winter. Do you remember that? Pro- I probably suppressed it because I hate winter with a passion. Touché. But yes, it was much worse than this year. I do not remember yeah. that. So there were times where we didn't know if they were going to be in session the next day because there's a storm. And I mean, people who people have to come from all over the state. Right. Um, Well, one thing that I have seen done is when there's no lobbyist in the room, when there's no senators, representatives, there are very few because whatever they'll, you know, try and ram something through like an, Oh, a bill, I, right? I thought it was oh, be well, sexual. there's three Demo- <laughs> there's three Democrats who aren't here. Let's vote. Or there's no lobbyists from this industry. Let's vote. I'd get a fucking hotel the night before or drive through a snowstorm. I don't care. Right. I'm going to be there because no other lobbyist is. Um, so it hasn't happened to me before, but it happens. And that's why I don't do what I did. Now, it didn't matter. I would have either just been pissed in Topeka or pissed at home. Right. So anyways, the chairman's uh, with like 10 minutes left, 15 minutes... Uh, 15 minutes left or something uh says uh well well now we're gonna move into work in the bill and senator blase who was ty masterson the senate president who stopped this entirely himself former chief of staff who went to evergy and then was appointed to a vacated senate seat who i'm going to out as a personal cannabis smoker made an amendment in Kansas, that's illegal. And he should be ashamed that he was against this uh, because he, you know, for political reasons, when he consumes it himself and doesn't want other Kansans to have that right. So fuck right. you, dude. Um, anyways, he should know this. And even if I'm wrong on him being a consumer, which I'm not, the director of ABC brought this up before. In the new version of the bill, somehow when they added in limits on, on THC for different things for edibles, the limit was three and a half grams. Now based, based on the definition of edibles in the bill, it sounds like three and a half grams of concentrate, which is insane. 
or it's the total edible can weigh as much as like a French fry, which would also be insane. Right. Senator Blase, after the ABC director the day before mentions this, says this, and he should know, makes offers an amendment to make it two and a half grams, which is still either ridiculous or ridiculous. Right. And it it brings up the fact that many times in that state house, I do not know if someone is actually stupid or they are using that kind of image to just lie and fuck people over. Right. You never really know with them. Um, anyways, that one amendment is authored and then, um, Senator Straub, who's in the freedom caucus, which is the same kind of political affiliation that Ty Masterson. So it's Ty Masterson, little handjob bitch. <laughs> and she says, Mr. Chairman, with the few minutes we have left in committee and all the testimony we've heard today, I know there's no way we can keep the children safe. And if we can't guarantee that they're not going to be poisoned by this drug, we should table this issue, which was the plan the whole time. Right. And uh, Senator Longbine, who is the Republican senator that introduced this bill, did not know this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And he was pissed. And he goes, well, you can't offer a substitute motion if the chairman never motioned. And the chairman goes, what are you talking about? And the rules chair, Jason, the revisor, goes, well, he's right. You never actually did that. Was he being deceitful or is he just a stupid, terrible chairman? Who knows? Who cares? Right. The point being, he says, I agree. We're going to table this issue. And then goes in the press and basically says, you know, with the limited time left we have this year and this issue not being important, you can – so it's only tabled. Technically, they could – Pull it up tomorrow. It, it's it's not going to happen. Um, and so with that ends 95, 99% <clears throat> chance of legislative action. However, all I'm going to say on air, because I will get in trouble, I recommend people Google what the Kentucky governor did last year, which was an executive order to decriminalize cannabis possession from for people with certain medical conditions in or from legal states from weed in legal states um and he had to do that because he's a democrat governor with a almost veto-proof supermajority legislature of republicans who failed to do this year after year just like in kansas and uh this year guess what the republicans did they passed a bill because at that point you force their hand because right. now uh, the police have already lost, right? They can't use uh, smell to, you know, civil asset forfeiture, arrest people. Right. They're drug dogs. Um, they have to replace them. And if since they don't have my bill now, you know, they would have to pay for them. And so the Kentucky legislature this year just put a medical marijuana bill on the governor's desk. Um the governor of Kansas has used clemency to pardon multiple individuals who were in prison, Kansas prison, for nonviolent um, weed offenses. Got to meet one of the kids. He was driving from, not a kid, I'm a kid, from <laughs> California to K-State to visit a friend in college, had a pound with him. 
got pulled over somewhere in Kansas because his license plate was dirty. Really, it's because he was black. Right. And then... uh, just so say, he was dirty. Yeah, yeah, yes. definitely. Uh, one pound, 90 months in prison, no prior criminal history. 90 months for mm. a pound of weed. Um, Seven and, and a half years. Uh, something in like Kansas, that. a pound of weed and 66 pounds of weed carry the same charge. And so Governor Kelly uh, used clemency to um, get him out. Um, and the mechanism of action that the Kentucky governor used um, for decrim last year was essentially clemency. So stay tuned. So be active and tell your legislators. My biggest thing is that most of the tax money, I assume from Kansas, comes from greater Kansas City, the Kansas side of Kansas City, Wyandotte County, Johnson County. Yeah, for the most Wichita part. Wichita too. Wichita as well. Uh, Koch brothers love weed and prison reform on a federal and national level. Yeah, well, step up to the bat then, um, or step up to the plate. My thing is, when I go to a dispensary, almost every license plate I see is from Kansas. Yes, and they're going literally a quarter quarter of a mile into Missouri. Yes, to get weed. Yes. And all that tax money is going to Missouri and not Kansas. Yes. Now, I will say that Missouri probably needs it. Their roads. Oh, my God. So they, I hope they're doing some good stuff with that tax revenue. I'm sure they're not. But but I don't understand that. We are surrounded. Two sides now have rec. And then Oklahoma has medical. It's essentially rec, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and and uh, Nebraska uh, essentially has decrim. If you have like an ounce or less, it's like a fine right. of a few bucks or something. I mean, and another thing that I would like to see standardized, and I like the way Missouri is doing it, that A, you don't have to be a state resident now to get a your med card. med card. And then that is great, isn't it? It is. That's amazing. But then that they will honor med cards from other states. Reciprocity is huge. Right. Because it, it's weird. So. When I was more, when I was into firearms and had my FFL, that was one of the things that we always complained about. Is like if you had, like now you don't even have to get a license, but if you had your concealed carry license, why why wouldn't that work in other states? I mean, other sure. states that that had concealed carry right. because it didn't. But a driver's license, I can go anywhere. My driver's license works. Right. So, do you know what Missouri passed? What gun law they passed to make sure that their patients of Missouri could also possess firearms? No. This is when I love Republicans. This is what Republicans should be doing. Right. So they wanted the patients of their great state to be able to still have a goddamn firearm. Yes. And so what they did is they passed a law that no state law enforcement officer can um, enact, uphold, carry out any um, federal gun law that's not a state gun law. And so federally, because cannabis is a Schedule One narcotic, right. obviously, even though they have a patent in Marinol Schedule Three, um, LOL, um, in Missouri, it's not, right? Right. And so the only reason that federally you couldn't have a gun with cannabis is because it's narcotic. It's illegal. Right. So... If you can't 
uphold a, that law because it's not a law in the state, you couldn't arrest somebody. It's punishable by immediate termination of job and a $100,000 civil fine. I don't think anybody's going to fuck around and find out with that right. one. Yeah. And that, hold on. I got something for that. <laughs> so, and I used to have my federal firearms license to buy, sell, and trade guns. And that is the question on the 4473 that you fill out. And it's asking if you use any illegal substances that are on a federal level. Right. So you can't say, oh, well, it's legal here. So, no. So they're asking about a federal level. And so I was not, I was not going to. First of all, I wasn't just a gun owner. I had my federal firearms license. So I gave that up. And then. Uh, I just decided I wasn't going. I used to carry every day. Which I mean, is probably I was going to, good if you're going to be trafficking drugs to also not it, always break one crime at a time, right? right? Exactly. Yes. I mean, and and I just, you know, I wouldn't want to pull a gun and then have my impairment have been or have Absolutely. my judgment be impaired. Absolutely. But I also wouldn't want to. I mean, how do you explain that to? I saw that you had your your gun on your hip. You didn't pull it. Yeah, I, I, got, I got hot. Yeah, I was stoned, and I didn't want to shoot the wrong person. Because, you know, then, so it was just, I just, I won't carry a gun anymore. But sure. I, I do, and I don't think I ever will again. I mean, I've gotten so much, and I've gotten to the point where, and I tell people when I used to train stuff about firearms is that, some people would go, well, I'm only going to carry it when I go to bad areas. And it's like, oh, so you you know where bad things are going to happen, which is great because if you could just let all of us know, that that would do. And, and what you I really would love to know <laughs> what they say is a, is a bad area and I, how that overlaps with high percentages of black people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe I'm that worried they, there may have been a little Venn diagram over Yeah, I, I do. And exactly. And, and my thing is when we lived outside of DeSoto, one of our neighbors, they do it like you're supposed to. They conceal carry, but they, it would be the hottest day in the summer. They'd be out there in like jean shorts and their gun strapped to their hip and they would be more. But, you know, honestly, if someone was going to go after you and wanted to attack you, what's a good time? You're focused on mowing. You're you're it's loud. You you know, you had limited hearing uh, ability and stuff like that. But that's what you do. You carry a gun either all the time or you don't. You, when you're taking a dump, the gun goes in the bathroom with you. If you're taking a shower, the gun goes in the bathroom with you. But I mean, that's just how it is. So, so one story off that and then let's go into the last. Subject. Yes. I'm not going to say which dispensary but i will say which security company titan security um does most of the contract security for dispensaries uh-huh they are so underpaid that the employees that they can get are less competent than tsa we were going to a dispensary to do a pop-up a drop-in or something and my cousin alex went into the restroom and found a gun that belong or it he was pretty confident, belonged to the security guard, and walks uh -huh. up to him and goes, I hope that's your gun in the bathroom. And we walked out because we're not snitches. Right. But literally, in a dispensary, a security guard left a firearm on the toilet. Well, I will say uh, for at least taking it in the shitter with him. Of course, he was working, so... And... um. 
So here's the thing. I actually worked for that company for a while. I was, really? I, yes. Uh, I was in, Did you have one of those gray button-ups that are so sexy? No, I was not on that. I was on the consulting side. Oh, that um, sounds better. So literally right after I got there, um, something happened with the dispatch manager who was in char- basically in charge of all, not in charge of the officers per se, but th- had to deal with the officers and everything. And, and then the people that dispatched and everything. So they asked because of my background in operations, can you go take care of that for a while? And after the first night of doing that, they ask, they go, so what do you think we should do? I go, you need to shut your operations down for two weeks and get your shit together because I don't think, and so they've, they very quickly found someone to uh, move me back into the role that, but I told them that, that it, there was, when was this? Uh, this would have been 2016. They so. didn't listen. Yeah. So La- last thing I'll say on the subject, I want to give props where props is due. Local cannabis, um, their head of security, Darnell, who's actually, I think, now the general manager, um, and, and the owners, uh, Lee Hoffman, Howie, um, they have done security the way that I 100% believe it should be done, especially in medical. I do not believe in creating an environment that feels like you're walking into like a prison or, or, you know, like get, you know, seeing guns and being patted down and like, it's just, it's not, it's not a good image for the industry. It's not good for the patients. It's not helpful. You're not, you're so, and it signifies to me that the owner is willing to have someone be shot for saving profits, right? Right. Um, They do not have guns, and their security is integrated in the operation and roles, so they're not just standing there, right? Like, they're bringing people back into the dispensary. They can be bud tenders. They're educated on cannabis, and they are just well-trained, jacked dudes and dudettes. Right. And they are way better at you know de-escalating and i feel way safer just with these jacked well-trained dudes and dudettes than some idiot who left his gun in the toilet right so i'd really really like to see the industry go away from armed security guards now there are some places in Kansas City and St. Louis I might be okay with it, but right. for the for the most part, e- even in those places, they really shouldn't. But I kind of get it. Yeah. Shall okay. We? Are we moving on to the next I'm subject? Excited. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, uh, what do you want to tell the audience? What I lured you in with today? So, I consider myself to be a person with far less prejudices than the average. Uh-huh. I, I'm not, I'm really not racist. You know, I, I, I support our LGBTQ plus brethren. Um, but I just am so prejudiced against fat people. And now I'm assuming we're going to get into this piece a little bit, but let yeah, me we are. preface. Yes. I think it's important to, kind of expand on the word fat 
Yes. Okay. Because everybody has a different idea of what that means. When I say I'm prejudiced against fat people, I don't mean, you know, you're a little chubby, you gain 20 pounds, you're, you know, uh, 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 no, like, I mean people that when you look at them, you go, you're fat, you know, morbidly, morbidly obese. obese. Yes. You got in like, I mean, you, you, you are, you're fat. Like there's no question. Anybody who you ask 10 out of 10 people, not nine out of 10 dentists, 10 out of 10 people say that person's fat. That's who I'm talking. About. Right. And I understand that. And you and I, we talked a little bit about this beforehand that I will often sound like I may be anti-fat, but I'm not at I'm not all. Either. What I am against is anyone saying something that's not true. And a lot of times they'll be like, well, I'm as healthy as you. No, you're fucking not. Or this, that, and it's, it's not, I mean, what are you doing about it then? I mean, if you're, I mean, I'm, I think that often because obesity hits at such a young age nowadays in America, that it's the parents' fault or the food Do you think that children should be allowed to be removed for child abuse if there are no medical conditions that would explain this and they are morbidly obese? I would like to say yes, but where the fuck are you going to put them? I don't want them. And and that's, I mean, that's that's one thing about me is that I, I do give this a lot of thought because I am the exact opposite of morbidly obese. True. I am on... At six foot five, and I've gained five pounds over Daddy. the last. I know I've gained five pounds over the last couple of days because <laughs> I was telling Daniel that this is something that probably has not happened in at least a year. I have eaten nine straight meals, meaning I ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner now for three straight days, and it would probably be in the dozens of times where I've gone three days without eating a single bite of food since the last time I did this. So for me, this is like a big deal. And I have to really work at keeping weight on. But that's that's when I get upset because some people will be like, oh, well, you're working out, you do this, that, and the other. Well, it's easy for you because you're thin. No, I have to do this. I have to work out all the time because I don't want to be skinny fat. And I'm trying to eat, so there are times, because I don't want to have those skinny arms and legs and then I turn <laughs> I around and that's it's almost like, worse. I mean, yeah, I mean, and I don't... And Some I'm, people's bodies are weird, so man. So here's the thing I thought about today, cause knowing that we're going to talk about this, is I wonder what percentage of men, or I guess we should just say people with penises, uh, but <laughs> either what percentage or at what age do they lose view of their penis? Because I was, I was holding a pillow up, I, I was holding against my stomach, and it wasn't a very thick pillow. And then I was like, oh, I can't see, like, down past there. Because but maybe that's just because you have a tiny dick. <laughs> it, it could be, but, I mean, I'm just saying also, I like that I, like that I don't have to, like, suck my gut in or, or, or anything like, like that. Like, could you imagine? Like, you'd think that, like, for a man, like, that would be an incredibly motivating reason to lose weight. Like, right. that or the result of that, which is probably you know, less sex. Right. 
Well, and here's the thing. That's, but I guess their libido's probably down So here's the thing that's difficult. The people that you're around the most aren't going to see you as you're gaining weight they, because they're around it every day. So the little bit, little bit, little bit. That's true. Because I remember, that's so when true. I met Bobby, I was actually, well, now that I've gained another five pounds, I was only 10 pounds lighter when I met Bobby 27 years ago than I am right now. And then Bobby is such an amazing cook. So the first time I meet her grandma, Frances, I'm a, a six foot five, 160 pounds, 158 pounds. So then the next time I see her, I'm like, still my same height, but I'm like 180. And she actually said, you've gotten fat. Well, I wasn't fat, but to her, I had filled out so much. Right. But, but sometimes, you know, and, yeah, and yeah, when you're, you're right. near someone. So here's one thing that I do, and I've suggested this for even... <laughs> people that are on the opposite spectrum of me being skinny is that I started taking like shirtless photos and sending them to Bobby every day. Cause then every I, day, because then I could see day to day because some people were like, Oh, you know, your body can that change. Sounds like, like a great way to develop an eating disorder. I don't know about well, every day. So, and, and maybe it doesn't need to be every day, but mine, I was trying, cause I was so concerned about dropping off, but there's one day and I'll show you the picture, but I gained 11 pounds in one day. How the fuck did you do that? But it's funny. You can look at the picture of like 9 a.m. one morning and then 11 a.m. Oh, the next morning. Drastic. And it, but but because I work out, it's just. But you can tell. Like my six pack was gone, but I was so. But you could tell that I was gaining weight, and I think that when you do that, I can see immediately the changes that that are happening, whether they're positive or negative. And so I kind of track that. I would think that if you're gaining weight, that it, it's hard. I mean, because some people would be like, well, it's only one or two pounds. And then next week, it's one or two pounds. The following week, it's one or two pounds. Problem with me is I don't have one or two pounds to lose. So right. I'm always thinking the opposite. How can I do this? And so because my mind's always running, I, I will say sometimes to um, to people that may want to lose weight, well, what are you doing? And I'll tell them, take a 10-minute walk. And they're like, well, 10 minutes isn't anything. And I go, well, it's 10 minutes more than what you're doing. It's over an hour more a week. That's 52 hours a year that you're now walking that you weren't walking. Would that, If I said you're going to walk, walk 52 for 52 hours, would that make a difference to you? Yeah, that'd make a difference. Then start there. You know, or do a hundred push-ups a day. I started Have doing one a less can of soda a week. Right. S yeah. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. But then what I started thinking was, I'm asking them, you need to to make some adjustment. But here I am complaining, I don't, I don't gain any weight. But I'm just like, oh, I haven't eaten in three days, and people will be like, what? And I'm, I just shrug it off, and Bobby just gets like that. So, so I can't say just walk ten minutes a day. But I'm not trying to take a snack or eat a meal or do something. So I have done, no matter how I'm feeling, I need to eat because my problem is that once that hunger passes, it's gone and it doesn't come back. It's not like two hours later it comes back. It is literally gone and I can now go for days without eating until I'm going to collapse or something like that. So, but that, so nine meals in a row is, is, is pretty weird. But I agree with you. I, I think that. Large sizes have been um, too mainstreamed, maybe, or I don't know if that's the correct word I want to use, but <clears throat> becoming more of the norm. And and there are so many factors at play. Let me say a few things. 
I'm going to out my mom here a little bit. I think my prejudice against fat people stemmed from stems from her for a few reasons. She was a D1 collegiate athlete, volleyball player, took sports very seriously. It was very important to in our lives growing up. Um, and I'll never forget when she said something on the lines of, how can you, how am I supposed to trust fat people if they can't even be trusted with food or their own bodies? And so for me, it's like a battle of um, instant um, judgment where I see a fat person and again, my definition of fat and instantly like have this wall, have this prejudice that like whatever they're going to tell me, whether they're a doctor or a news anchor is, and it's not, a, I'm not like actively thinking it's in right. the back. Now I'm going to compare this to another kind of prejudice. Anybody who says they don't have any prejudice or racist thoughts is a racist liar, right? Right. We all do. It's natural. What's important is to acknowledge those thoughts and work on those thoughts, right? right? I'm a small white boy who grew up in Johnson County. When I moved to Kansas City, I noticed myself just being like nervous or scared when I'd see a black person walking across the street late at night. Right. And so I started actively working on that prejudice, understanding where that came from and how to deal with it. And I, I, I try to not allow that to just instantly change my opinion of someone because it is a luxury to be able to have a gym membership. It is a luxury to be able to afford healthy food in this country. It is a luxury to have time to prepare food. Right. Um, there are so many factors. Food deserts are so important in this conversation. Where I where I have my grow, there is not a grocery store that is like a legit grocery store in walking distance, biking distance from most people in that community. Now, there is at least this organization that puts these refrigerated fruit stands that sells fruit at cost in like hood-ass grocery stores. But you look at, even if you go to a grocery store, you know how much it is to fucking get produce compared to chips? Right. Well, and so it's funny. This is one of the things that I thought about is that I think that obesity and the overall health of America changed in the 70s uh, when I was growing up because Processed I started— food? Well, yes, because when, when I was small in the 70s, snacks were orange slices— uh, uh, apple slices. I mean, and there's plenty of sugar in fucking, that. <laughs> fucking pears, literally pears soaked in like sugar water. I think that's what my and so, but that's what the snacks were. They weren't chips. They weren't processed foods. They weren't. I love Little Debbie. I mean, everyone that's ever listened to the show knows how much I love Little Debbie. I don't remember Little Debbie as a kid. I probably was in my teens, maybe high school before I fell in love with Little Debbie. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with <clears throat> the snacks have changed. It, 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 it's easier now, even if you have the time. Because you're there with your kid and they're asking you for a snack. 
you could probably cut up an apple or do some, like you say, cost and what's easier, just hand them a fucking, here, here, you know. Oh, do you want me to eat both the, well, it's a twin pack. Yeah, eat both the fucking ding-dongs, I guess. So, right. Yeah, why and, eat one when you can eat two? And another factor is we as a country and society are moving further and further away from walkable cities, walkable lives, and also, right? And that's because I want to go back to that, too. I complain about that all the time. It's it's an issue. Um, and, and also, technology has, and just our lifestyles, right? Like, there weren't computers that long ago. Right. And, and, and with computers, there's a lot more desk jobs. Working remotely, you can do from bed, right? right. Like, in addition to, like, us not being a state or country that has much walking, um, it, throughout our lives, we are far more sedentary um, and stationary than we have been previously. And one thing that I've noticed, and, and I have no science to back this up, just movement. Like, if you are yes. in the summer, if, if, if I'm at summer camp, you know, and I'm just walking everywhere... I'm eating a ton, a ton right. of calories. And like it might, I honestly don't think that the calories that I burn is greater than the increase that I eat, but it increases your metabolism. Yeah. And just magically, like if you move a lot, like you can kind of just eat. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird because... Some people will say that, and I don't know if it's nervous energy. I don't know if it's just, I like to move. I don't know because it's just got in my head that it's cardio at this point. But I like talk about pregame. And generally for a half an hour or so before every show, because I still get nervous, I'll dance. I'll either put music on on the TV. I'll listen to headphones, whatever. And I'll, I'll just dance. But there will be times where I'll do that at night. I just like to move. And my other big problem when we talk about overweight people is how PC. Yeah, I know. So I love Lizzo. I think she's awesome. She big um, she's a big girl. Here's another thing. I would love to hang out with Lizzo. Same. However, I do not think she's attractive at all. In fact, I would say if it's it, like when I saw her, she was like in lingerie or something. I've seen that. I thought it was hideous. And that's, that's not, I'm just saying that is me. I don't find, but it's, oh, so many people want to be like, oh, well, you, I just, sorry. I don't find that attractive. And, and I think that is such an important piece of this conversation. And, and it should be on both sides, right? Like, I hate this culture of people saying you, you, you can't say you're unattracted to that. You can't say right. it's unhealthy. You can't say she's ugly. And I'm also, uh, you know, opposed to the opposite, which is, you know, skinny shaming right. and and saying, you know, what you, you, uh, you can't you shouldn't complain about being too skinny. That's so mean to fat people. Like here's the thing. I am seriously so non-judgmental. I don't care what you eat, what porn you watch, what you I like 
if what you're doing does not hurt somebody else, I don't even care if it hurts you. If what you're doing does not hurt somebody else, I do not care. If you think a thousand pound Tammy from TLC, thousand pound sisters is just the sexiest blob of meat you've ever looked at, masturbate all you want, sir. You just put that in my spank bank. You got it, right? I don't care. But it is okay in the same breath for someone to just cream to the thought of Lizzo and lingerie as it is for me or you to sit here and say, I think that makes my pee-pee go inside my body. Yeah. That's okay. And, and that's my thing. My biggest thing is that my opinion should not matter to her at all or anyone for that matter. It's my opinion. Right. The, the biggest thing, it's my opinion. Why should you care about something that's mine? Don't care about my opinion. I know that that it's... It's the thing we've talked about, my disassociation, autism, whatever we want to call it. And autism. it does and it does it does make Bobby sometimes she's like, How do you not think how how are you not thinking about what they're thinking about? I go, I don't even that just doesn't even cross my mind. And if I do, sometimes I'll be like, like if I'll do something, I'll be like, Oh, I wonder what they're thinking of that. I don't really care. I'm just it is like just a, a fleeting thought and then it's it's maybe I don't know what what got you there, but it is confidence, too. Uh, I don't care what other people think about me because I have a high self-thought about myself. Right. And, and for my girlfriend, like, she grew up pretty poor, and she, like, barely got opportunities to, you know, show a good side of herself to important people. And so she gets so self-conscious over, you know, me going out in sweats or, you right. know, like me talking loudly about a fat person. I'm like, first of all, nobody can hear me. Nobody right. ever listens. And second of all, like, who cares if they see you like that? It's Walgreens in Illinois. Like, we're never going to be here again. Right. And so I, I think that we need to, as a society get to a point where we can be more confident and happy about ourselves so we're not bothered when people make comments and decisions like that. And that the only reason we're upset by that is because we're not happy and we want to work towards that and not that, you know, we're we're just... We don't like I, I want people to be fat because they like being fat and eating a bunch of food and they just don't care and not because they don't have the tools or the self-worth or the opportunity. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. when when like honestly, like I don't care if you're fat. I don't care at all. But I I I do care when those people say, you know, like there's nothing I can do about it. I'm healthy anyways. And again, we're not talking about people that are like, I 100% agree that somebody who presents, you know, a little chubby or something could be completely healthy. Right. Like, in fact, there have been some studies that have shown that, you know, having an extra 10 or 15 pounds, like you said, when so when you're sick or whatever, right. like that's that's actually sometimes healthier. Like, not what I'm saying. I'm saying some 500 pound bitch tells you she's healthy. No, right. you fucking ain't. 
Right. And your doctor didn't tell you that either. And if you did, you should fire him. So I actually had a, a, a visual of this because I always joked, well, if you're healthier than I, I am, let's see what happens when we unleash this bear. Because I always figured that I would just run away. And then, yeah. So, but then Bobby goes, well, how about if you forget and you're on the side of a hill and the fat person just rolls down the hill faster than you? And I go, well, I actually would think that would be very funny because they took advantage (laughs) of the situation. So I would just have to applaud them at that point and say touche as I was getting mauled by a bear. Um, Yeah. I just Where does the line for you exist between fat and not fat for a woman? Well, see, I don't, I never think of, I honestly don't think about it. I, I, well, think about it. Well, I, I don't. It's the only time I think about it is, and here's the bad thing. So almost anyone's not as healthy as me. I mean, if you Fair look enough. at my, for my age at 55, for my height, weight, which I know I'm on the bottom end of the BMI scale, but I'm I'm still in the the healthy. I, I don't have anything I can lose, but I'm still in that healthy range. My heart rate, my blood pressure, everything presents as just amazing. So like if I compare myself, so yeah, even that's someone fair. that's fairly fit can say, oh, well, and I'll st- I may still rebut them. I don't ever have a problem. I don't ever actually think about weight unless someone else has brought it up first. And generally it's in a way that I'm like, Hold on, what the fuck did you just say? Because well, what about when you were in college? Like what, what at what point does a woman stop becoming attractive to you, physically attractive to you because of her weight? Um so two things um first of all when I was dating uh so when say, you were a whore yeah, so that was that was like uh, what do they call it, cocaine chic or whatever. I mean, oh, that's yeah. when like wafer, and I was thin too. So that was, I mean, th- that's what when I met Bobby, she's six foot one. I mean, oh my god, oof, oof, oh my god. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I I never I never. What's the heaviest I, woman you've ever had sex with? I by estimation. I don't know because then it would have to do with height. Just, I don't just, think I. I don't think that I. I there's no have one. Have you ever had sex with a woman that I might consider chubby or fat? No. Interesting. No. Cool. Yeah. I mean that's. Just, I mean that's just that it, it. And that's okay. Yeah. And, and and that's my thing. You not everyone has to be your definition of sexy. Yeah. I mean, Amen. I mean, th- that's what, you know, I can find people, I think like Lizzo is very pretty, but it doesn't mean you're attracted to her. It doesn't mean, and, you and see her I actually and... like, if people are like, oh, you like, she was in that laundry. What do you think? I'd be like, I think that's disgusting. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I wear, I still wear a Speedo <sighs> to the pool. Oh, and I'm sure that most of the people think that I'm disgusting. I don't give a shit just right. like she shouldn't give a shit. And right. that's it. I, she's not wearing that for me. I'm right. not wearing the Speedo for other people. I literally wear the Speedo for two reasons. I still have the body. I can get away with it. And I want to have as much tan on my body as possible. If people would let me go to the pool naked, I wouldn't wear a Speedo. Those are their options at this point. So you either have me naked or a Speedo. Those are your options. And, and actually, that kind of opens up another interesting angle on this. I think that because America has such a 
weird relationship with nudity, sex, and any conversations around bodies and orgasms and all that. If you have to go to a beach naked or if you don't wear a shirt or clothes very often. I noticed that when I am, you know, in the summertime and I don't have my shirt on and I'm looking at myself more, like it contributes to that. I think that if we were more of a nudist, sexually free and revolutionized country and people were having more sex being naked or shirtless more often that we would be skinnier this country was founded by the puritans and the kellogg's <laughs> so i mean th- but that so i dated a girl once who was from denmark and like on one of our first dates she was she came over from working out and I had a roommate, and but I had the master bedroom. But and then down my little hallway was the master bath, and so she, I led her back to the bathroom, and I was telling her where everything was. I was like, "They put a towel." She had said she was going to shower. She just like takes her top off, and I was like, and I remember saying, "You're not very shy, are you?" And she goes, "You Americans are so weird about the body." Right. And literally, it clicked. I'm like, "Why?" Because that's how I grew up, like right. my family. But it clicked when she said that. I was like, "We." And then I was like, "You know what? There is no reason." Now, Bobby and I have this talk all the time because I would sleep naked and everything. She won't sleep naked because, and we have she doesn't this, like the way it feels. No, because she's afraid there's going to be a fire. Oh my god! And she's going to be outside, girls. And it's funny because I said. Why Why are you so, has that ever happened? She goes, no. And I go, then why are you living your life in fear of something that's never happened? Right. And then when I started thinking about it not too long ago, I go, if she played her cards right, she, yes, she is amazingly beautiful. But if I had the option to look at a beautiful naked woman or a burning building, I'm probably, oh, look, she's hot. And then I'm looking at the burning building. And the you, cat that's jumping out on fire. Right. So then who shows up at fires? Firefighters. Yes! And don't you want them to see you naked? So that's what I said. If, if I'm a firefighter and I show up to a fire and I see a burning building or a naked woman, I'm going to the naked woman 100% oh, see, of the time. see, what I was thinking you were going with that was... If I'm a fireman and I see a naked woman stranded or a fat man in clothes stranded, I'm saving the naked woman first. Well, it's still, yes, it's all, I'm almost 100%. I'm 99% Thank God you guys are on of the first floor, though. I'm 99% sure that the firefighters will always go to the hot, naked, yes. uh, displaced resident. Yes. I believe that's it. I believe and that's so true. I told her, you know, if she would just wait. Get over that first three minutes of embarrassment of being out there naked with your neighbors. And when the firefighters show up, just be like, time for a three way. (laughs) No. Well, I wasn't. I mean, I'm hopefully I made it out of the fire too. No, you're dead. So, oh, okay. Um, and I'm just staying there naked. I have like one of my legs up on a car hood, like I'm Captain Morgan and my balls just dangling there in a puddle. Hairs just everywhere. No. So on the, um, subject of 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 uh openness on sexuality and nudity yes we also and i'm gonna get real open and honest with okay you. so we also have this weird thing where you're not supposed to ask people what they weigh yeah um you're not supposed to talk about weight um 
at all. Did you see, did you hear like last year they came out with people came out with cards that say that you hand to your doctor so you don't have to verbalize it. You hand it to the doctor and it says, I prefer not to be weighed. Sometimes they, they do that for a reason. Because if you gain a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight, it could mean a medical condition. Yeah. Now, I will say, I think that's a great option for people who are suffering with anorexia, bulimia, and stuff like that. Now, if you're just, like, not wanting to get on the scale because you're a fatty, fuck you. (laughs) Right. Okay. Now, this is where it gets a little personal. The taboo of asking about weight and the taboo of like gaining weight, right? right. Noticing. So that- no, the only taboo is when you ask someone's weight who's not the appropriate weight. Because no, you're the no, appropriate. That's not true. You're not supposed to ask women their weight. Period. The end. See, see, and that's where my my Autism my my comes t- it comes in because I just because I and I've said this before. I'll be like, well, how much do you weigh? And they're like, I'm not going to tell you that. I go, what, 220? No, I weigh 160. Okay, see, I thought yeah. 220, 160 is a lot better. And it's funny. Just let me gen- see your driver's license. Generally, they'll give me they'll give me the answer because all you have to do is bait them, give them the wrong answer, oh, and they, because good. they're because they want to correct you. No, I don't weigh 220. Oh, that's you're I know. bad. Well, so the way I learned about this is when <laughs> when Bobby was pregnant with Morgan. We were going to, I was going to all of her doctor's appointments with her. And so they went to weigh her on those scales. And so they're looking at the little thing and moving, you know, the the weighted things oh, yeah. at the old. And so I put my foot on the scale Classic. and pushed down like 50 pounds of pressure. Did she cry? So the lady goes 225 and just walks off and Bobby was about to, she was about to go. I, cause I didn't want to make her cry, the hormones and her, but she was, because she was just mad. She knew that I was joking. She was mad at the lady because she just was like, okay, that's good. Like, didn't even question I, how much you went up. Yeah. No, I've seen that before. Uh, yeah. Have, uh, you're a photography guy. Do you remember the name of Barack Obama's White House photographer, Pete something? I, I know who it is cause I've seen, I want to say it starts with a V. There's a, classic photo of Obama putting his foot on a scale just like that that one of his secret service people got on and he's just dying laughing it's a great I thought it was hilarious too Bobby thinks it's funny now and she she wasn't mad at me she was just mad that the lady just wrote it down and went on that is funny though I want to circle back around I've mentioned this before but I'm going to mention it again about um, skinny shaming. That is a thing. There Absolutely. was, I had lost so much weight and I was so fatigued that I actually went to the emergency room. Right. And when I was there, when I told them what was going on, that I had lost all this weight, well, I'm with my shirt off and they have these, I look good with my shirt off for 55. And mm-hmm. so they're like, oh, well, I wish I had that problem. I just told you about the problem that has me in the, the emergency right. room, and you're saying I wish I had that problem. Inappropriate. Yeah, I mean, equally as inappropriate. Seriously, I mean that pisses me off, and by, and it's happened on more than one occasion. Or when I lost a lot of weight, when they had changed some medicine that I was on for my arthritis, I lost like 30 pounds in like two and a half weeks. Well, you know my personality; I'm pretty gregarious, and I like to joke around. So they thought I was kidding, and I'm like, no, right. I literally. And so they made me come back because there's like. You couldn't have lost that much weight. I go, all I've been doing is throwing up or shitting it out. So I went back because they didn't believe me. And so it, it it goes 
both ways. It was it, funny. It, it does be, and it's it's that societal um, fetishizing of skinniness and comments of people who are so sickly skinny they're in the hospital, right? And people looking at them like that and saying. Wow, you look amazing, or you look so much better that causes people to become anorexic. Yeah, and so it it's just as fucking dangerous. And I will tell you, I do understand how people become that way, and it is scary. But I do have, I think, body dysmorphic dysmorphic disorder. Yeah, BDD. Um, because I will tell you right now that I have been getting ready for speedo season because I keep thinking <laughs> yeah. that it's going to end. So one of these summers, it's. It's going to end, and I know that, but I actually, this year, it's, you know, I and our daughter had noticed, or our, our youngest child, Trinity, noticed it one day. She, They were like, you've worked out four times today, and I don't even think about it. I mm. just, like, I'm going to start lifting and doing push-ups and stuff, and then I go, and generally, I'll do, like, one round a day, and it takes 15 or 20 minutes. My workouts are not anything astronomical. And that's what people don't realize you don't have to do that i will say it is much it it is much more difficult um for me to keep up with what i used to and this goes back to uh, something i've said to younger people before they're like well i hope i look what uh like you when i get to your age and i and i've responded you won't right and they're like well what do you mean by that i go well you look like this now and i never look like that right and I'm just being honest because it doesn't get easier with age. It's just not oh, like, not. oh, at 40, I'm going to decide to do this. Right. And and I don't have a problem, be any any size, any any weight you want. I don't have a problem with that. Just just don't expect that. Just don't expect me to, you know, if you're like, well, I wish I could lose weight, you know, okay, I'll, how, you know, what, I can help you. If you you have questions for me, I'll do anything. What, what are you currently doing? Well, I'm doing nothing. Oh, uh, I love people with Asperger's. It listening to you just makes me wish that I like could say things like that. I am like so socially and situationally aware, and and people's like m- the smallest little tiny reaction. Like I'm, I, I see that, and I'm so like careful with. I just fucking love see, hearing. But you this say is what things. I think is funny is that I am aware of all that too. I just don't give. Right, right. I mean, that's, that's I'm amazing. just like, I'm just like, I literally do not care. Right, I fucking love yeah. that. So um, great story, um, and and it'll I'll tie it into where I was gonna be very open and weird. Yes. With you. So, in college, um, a friend of mine, wink, wink, would make uh, fake IDs. Okay. And they, when a so we had a system, they had a system where. You know, these sorority girls, fraternity guys, like sports team people, they were like the captains and they would recruit people in their frats and strats to, you know, get fake IDs. And um, so my friends would text these girls and ask for all the information that was needed. Right. Name that they wanted, address that they wanted, sex that they wanted or gender they wanted, sex you can't choose. Right. Um height and weight well my friend when a fat girl would say a weight that clearly she was not from the photos 
they sent her, right. they sent him, would make the ID at the weight that they thought they were instead. <laughs> oh, and what can you do? I mean, you, you already get, paid 120 yeah, bucks. You got a fake and ID. And still going to get you into the hawk. That is hilarious. But I mean, just to, to, to go where I was going to go. I remember when I was like 10, 12, and you just start going through puberty. Right. And I remember, you know, just starting to understand how taboo it was to ask a girl what they weighed or to comment that a girl had gained weight or see a girl gained weight and was aroused by that concept, that taboo of weight with a girl. I am somebody who doesn't like fat people. And at I've the heard same that. time, I am attracted to watching a girl who is, you know, very, very, very skinny get like just a little soft. Like I like skinny girls who are like a little, you know, they got a little soft, little something to hold on to, something to grab. And like, I love to cook. I love to feed. I love to like, you know, just give and do. And knowing that like it was my, you know, love and actions that made her go from super skinny to like little thick. And like, that's fucking weird, man. And that, that all stems, is weird. Isn't that weird? But here's the crazy thing. Like, oh, the, the, oh, the crazy thing's well, still coming. The okay. crazy thing is that I assumed I was, you know, alone in this. And then you Google it and like, Right, there's a fetish for everything, but huge like communities and you didn't of, like, use your own phone or computer to Google this, do you? <laughs> uh, I only use yours. Come on, I don't loan mine out for that specific reason. I always have told people. Also, if I come to you, even if I'm bleeding with with parts of me missing, I go, "Can I use your phone to call an ambulance? Do not let me, because I'm gonna put something object. I may call the ambulance, but I'm also gonna put like." Something on your phone that I can hold <laughs> over your head. I love that. Yeah. So I love that. Do you have any weird fetishes? I don't. I, I don't. I mean. Normal sex. No, I mean, I, so the weird thing, is, and I, I say it's weird because, and she's going to be on uh, my podcast, The Longest One Night Stand with Bobby and Roe. She's going to be on that show. Uh, We're going to record this upcoming weekend. It should be out next week. Uh, Liv LaRue, who is a prostitute and madam. And so I... I, I, I want to say that it's weird, but like I am so in love with Bobby 27 years after we met. I I told my roommate at the time, and she even confirmed this. We had to see each other at a funeral, but she even confirmed again, remembering me telling her the morning after I met Bobby. I remember you saying that. That that was the girl I was going to marry. And I still think that she's hot. We're talking, uh, you know, she. I am basically now back down. So I'm 50 pounds l- Right now, I'm about 40 pounds lighter, but I've been as much as 50 pounds lighter than my top weight. Okay. So I my the most I ever got on a scale and weighed myself was 208. Okay. And Which for 6'5 is probably still decently normal, right? So the easiest way to picture 6'5 and 208 is if you saw Aquaman, those is, I think that uh, okay. Jason Momoa was 6'4, like 205. So okay. basically, and I wasn't, 
cut, but you see pictures and I don't even look the same. Bobby like just your face. Yeah, it's it's much more full, but even my my body, like I remember my my dad was like one day he's like God, you look like a linebacker now because I always look probably like, uh, you know, the puncher or something, you know? Yeah. So up until that point, but you know, I, I did and I, but I was much thicker and Uh I had like a 36 inch waist now 30, yeah. 32 is like good day for you. Yeah. So, um, but it's, so the the weight that I am back to now just seems weird. I'm much happier somewhere in between my highest and lowest, like maybe 180. I know that takes me out of a speedo season, but does it? Uh, well, this is the the weird thing that sometimes I need uh, Trinity to remind me that I'm not as smart as I always think I am. But when I was looking for a speedo last year, an extra large speedo for men is a 32 waist. What? Yeah. And I was like, that seems weird. And then Trinity was like, well, would you want to see someone with larger than a 32-inch uh, okay. waist in there? And I was like, so they probably just make that an extra large so that no one, like if they, if they, because I feel if like it, 34 is like where I'm topping out. Yeah. So, um, but that was funny that they had pointed that. I was like, oh, that makes sense though. They make the extra large. I feel like so that, 32 is like where you want to be. Yeah. So, um, like I say, that is all about me. I don't give two shit, and I don't care what anyone else thinks. And I, th- I think <laughs> I it is. Don't. I think it's funny <laughs> because uh, our neighbor Tom is always he'll come up and j- he's like the only one that will like come out like, when I'm not in the pool and come up to me and just talk to me on the side or whatever when I'm wearing my speedo. He doesn't give a shit. Right. It's not. He knows I'm not wearing it for him. I'm not right. wearing it for anyone else. Right. So. I okay. That. Maybe sometimes. Sometimes though. I am wearing it for Bobby. Well, so because. Good. Yeah, and that's the weird thing is that I guess, and I say weird, but I don't want it to be weird. But I think even being together for 27 years is weird at this point. It is for most of society. I mean, for I think for a lot of society it is. And, you know, Liv was talking lack of blowjobs is the number one reason married men go to a prostitute. Game old head. Uh, Well, I know. That wasn't the message I was going to end on, but. Well, I know. (laughs) So let me, let me, let me, uh, let me leave off with a really nice note. Okay. Uh, Okay. No, I I thought it was going to be a really nice note, but when I looked at your face, the look you gave me, it's going to be real. It's going to be sweet. Okay. Let's see. Go. I just spent the last three months in the Topeka legislature watching what our elected officials think are the priorities and most of them were hurtful, hateful things. Today, when I was at my mentor's, I heard there was another school shooting. And as we talked today, you know, we talked about people who, you know, want to not let cancer patients have cannabis because they don't like it or they don't want women to have bodily autonomy because their religion doesn't support it. And what I'm feeling, what I'm realizing, what I'm experiencing in this country, in this moment is so much just hate, struggle, both hate of oneself, both hate of others 
Um, and we live in such an individualistic society compared to other nations and other countries. Um, I think that we could all do a better job of loving ourselves and loving one another and only doing things that either dirt don't hurt anyone or only hurt ourselves. And I'd really like us to stop hurting ourselves so much too. So I do like to be choked. I will tell you this. Bobby, Bobby indulges me in that pleasure every once in a while. She'll give me a little choking. Let's give, let's pass the joint to, to the people who don't have weed. Let's give hugs to those that need them. Let's, let's not body shame skinny or fat. And let's not care if somebody does anyways. Yes. Hold on. <laughs> you know, as always, it's I'm so glad that you were able to come back on because it had been a while. We've been trying to do this, and then we finally got it. I, I'm glad that you were able to come back on. Yeah, um, all it took was for you to bait me with fat shaming. I know. <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, we, I need to get Cody on. We've talked about that before. I really need to talk to Cody. So he would be fun to talk to. Yeah, let's make um, it happen. And uh, if, Do you have any questions for uh, Liv? Do you have any questions you've ever wanted to ask a prostitute? Ooh, that's really good. Um, and I call her... I w- Hold on. She is a courtesan and a madam. What so is her, a courtesan? So a courtesan is someone who has wealthy and well-educated uh, repeat customers. So she is not someone... That is, for lack of a better term, and we talked about this on. She does not find this offensive. She said some people were would, but streetwalker. She is not a streetwalker. She is not getting business on the street and things like that. So she. But would you have someone that question? Okay, so what what is that question? As a person on the forefront of cannabis reform and legalization, have you seen any states or movements in? this country that is terrified of sex more than it is drugs seen any you know momentum in cities or states of either decriminalization or legalization of prostitution i will because she is in nevada so she is where it is both uh legal to do her job and legal for cannabis there is it legal for the person to is it just legal for her is it also legal for the person who's doing her it is legal for both in certain counties. Nice. So, like, <laughs> she she classic. lives in Reno, and it's illegal in Reno, but the bordering counties, so she can go just outside to a bordering county and things like that. Don't you love but, how imaginary lines make somebody a felon or not in our yeah, country? It's, so it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but mo- a lot of her stuff is traveling, too. So, so um, doing felonies. Well, yeah. like you. And so, but that, but that's one thing too. That if it's uh, if it's worded right, and th- and we've talked about that, where it can be legal. There are some things that Ooh. verbiage and things like that. Uh oh, what now? Well, oh gosh. So I've got a buddy who just opened up a business where he sells really well. He rents out very discreetly, very, very, very expensive sex dolls oh and you mentioned this no yes. why do you want to rent a sex doll and, and he, well he rents them and he sells them you can fuck them legally in the business you can sell like it's it's like you know talk about a perverted society who can't if, have conversations about sex needing to fuck dolls like i mean i 
If you, I, and I will say there are probably some people that should be fucking dolls instead of fucking people. Like Lizzo. I, maybe. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, I don't have a problem, but renting it? No. Now, yeah. Again, he does uh, have a cleaning system. but y- Yeah, but you're relying on their cleaning system. Well, that's I mean, like what does re- she do to clean herself? I mean, couldn't you say the same go thing? Go to the bathroom? I don't know. Well, so do the dolls. Oh, my God. See you next uh, time, brother. Okay. <laughs> hey, it was fun. For everyone who's been listening to this podcast, you know me. My name's Ro. Oh, we had Daniel on. It was fun, Daniel. Thank you for coming back to the show. See you next time. Yep. Talk to y'all later. Thank you for listening. Oh, my music started in the end, so now I'm going to have to let it go again. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my heck. There we go. Thanks for listening to the podcast. My name's Ro. I'm the Stone Genius. I'll talk to you later. Bye.